Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Happy Good Friday. Happy Thank God It's Friday. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I covered all the bases. There. Every Friday is good. Like Every Friday. Friday. Well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Unless, unless it's a Friday before, well... Before a weekend that you're not looking forward to, which I believe may have had those before. Um, okay, Russ, start us off with the pre-show. Well, it looks like the baseball gods have smiled on me for a change. And I've got a streak of opening day appearances going back to 1988 with the Mets. Last year, couldn't do anything about it. Now, these are the home opener. But now this year, I'm actually going to be on the road for the home opener. And my best friend did get tickets, but I can't go. It's one of the rare times it's like, I'm going to be in another city and it would almost make me miss two events to go. So I can't do it. Can't cancel. But so the Mets just got their weekend canceled in, in Washington because of COVID. no games. Yeah. Because of COVID because of COVID Washington's COVID. Yeah. Washington's COVID. So now because of this special dispensation, their first game will be Monday in Philadelphia, and I'm going. I just oh, got there, tickets. There you go. Wow. <laughs> the gods have shined on you. There you go. And, and and I was told I could use it with an asterisk, and I don't lose my streak. And I think that's fair because it's their first game of the year. Yeah. No, no, that's – I mean, it's not city, but, you know. You, you know it's the same price, good. though. No. Okay. <laughs> then, that to, then that is to get me at the same price because you got to buy a pod now. you got to buy four. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Now, I yesterday I uh, did my usual. Yeah, I did my usual. Um, hey, this is your mother. <laughs> I, did, I did my usual uh, uh, opening day. Not to do it when I should have. I should have muted Russ, which now I'm going to do. Um, I did my usual opening day uh, tradition, which was to go to uh, a bar and watch. Uh, the Yankees game. And I was struck by the fact that, you know, I mean, it was the it was lunchtime and there was a good number of people at the place. And about two o'clock, I was the only person left in the bar, um, which, you know, that's fine. Unfortunately, it was like one of those places that doesn't have the volume on the TV. So you can't hear the play by play. So you're staring right. at the TV with no, with no play by play, which really sucks. But, um, I people people get a little too worked up over opening days, in sen- in a sense that okay your your team your team is expected to win a hundred games, and if you lose opening day, all of a sudden it's like oh you know it's it's like yeah yeah I, I only look at it as like a bonus like it's the greatest day of the year and I could be optimistic even if my team's gonna stink. But you're getting the opposite effect from Yankee fans because of it, and really because of the worst rule in sports with the runner starting on second base. Well, a couple things. Yeah, that that was one of the things. I hate the 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 runner. I mean, I hate it. I hated it before the Blue Jays won that game. I hated it last year. It's asinine. I watched two games where it affected. And I want to tell you this is exactly what I thought could happen in games. 
Nobody's stealing third. That's fine. But you know what everybody is doing? They're hitting the ball to the other side of the field to yeah. move the runner over because if you have a guy on third base with one out, the odds are of you getting a run in. Huh? It's about 85%. At least. Now. And that's ridiculous. Well, this is – okay. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the Players Association hasn't um, taken this up for this kind of statistic. Um, Nick Nelson, who is not, you know, like one of the prominent Yankee relievers, no. um, so he's like a seventh or eighth arm in the bullpen. They brought him in in the tenth inning. The lesser Jeff Nelson, right? Yes, and maybe he may be related to him. I don't know. Um, he gave up a a double on the first pitch that scored. Uh, the the guy on second base for Toronto, and then I believe he struck out the side. He got the loss. Yeah, and, and which is honestly that that really. It's I'm going to it worked in the Phillies game though, which was again dumb on the other team's part. But this just shows you how the baseball IQ is not there anymore. Okay, so with the Phillies game, runner on second, Atlanta's got the runner on second. They move the runner over. Guy hits the ball to very shallow center field, and they decide to tag up even at shallow center field. And the runner hesitated just for a second, and he slides headfirst into home plate, which is the worst thing to do into home plate, yeah. and he gets called out. And that's how you could screw up your 85%. Now, the guy made a great throw from the Phillies, but again, it's shallow center field. And, of course, the player um, – wasn't Acuna maybe? Maybe it was Acuna. No, it wasn't. It was uh, the other guy, Pachek, Pache, something. Page, uh, Page, P-A-C-H-E, yes. He, and he comes up and he's shaking his hand, even though he's got the massive gloves on because he doesn't know how to slide with his foot. Oven the mitts. whole sequence was dumb baseball. Yep. And that's what Rob Manfred's time in Major League Baseball, that's what the era is going to be called, dumb baseball. Well, I, I like I said, I hate – the fact that the the runners on base in the tenth tenth inning or you know they, they can't bother you know most games end in the tenth tenth or eleventh most of them so yeah, under normal circumstances right so it really it really it really sucks um, that plus um, you know and I'll give Aaron Judge credit he hit it they were bases loaded in the seventh inning he had a double play and he owned it he says okay you know I mean I should have I should have Hit that ball! I should have got the ball in the in, in in the air. That would have put us ahead. Um, and you know, I he took ownership for. Yeah, that happens. That, that's right. Right now, conversely, and this, you know, you know this because it, you know, New York Mets fans and New York Yankees fans are the same gene pool. So, uh, if a player who is not liked or a player who is doubted. Uh, starts the year going 0 for 5, they're going to boo him. And they booed Giancarlo Stanton. I know. I saw and you that. Know and, you know, honestly, okay, I understand. He hit great in the playoffs last year. I think he hit six home runs. When you are facing a reliever who nobody has heard of in the 10th inning, you've got a man on second base with one out, and you stare at an 80, like I think it was an 85-mile-an-hour changeup right down the middle, you deserve to be booed. But you know, he didn't take the golden sombrero. He didn't strike out five times or four times. But still, I mean, you expect the guy to at least put the ball in play. Well, that's that's a, a failing of this era of players with the launch angle is just putting a ball in play. 
You would almost, in the 10th inning with the runner on second, you would almost rather have contact hitters coming up instead of home run hitters. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I I agree. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just – If I were a manager and I had an all-or-nothing guy like Adam Duvall, I would pinch hit for him, for a guy who I know is going to make contact. Yeah. You know, I mean, even somebody who can bunt. Right. Well, that's a whole other thing because apparently Jay Bruce can't. And that goes back to when he was with the Mets, too. I remember either the Mets tried it once or he said he doesn't bunt. It was one or the other. And I i don't know if I've ever seen Jay Bruce pull off a bunt. Have you? I never have. No, no, I never have. And, you know, and then, so that hurt him, too. Honestly, I, like I said to you, I, I think that if he sucks as bad as he did yesterday for a few more games, uh, what they're probably going to do, and we'll start after this, what they're probably going to do is move LeMahieu to first base and play Tyler Wade. And also, as I have to tell you, I have to say one thing. Well, that play that he straight off of first will get him kicked off the uh, the, the everyday roster quicker I, than I, I, I have to say one thing, and I, you know, that I was a proponent of this. I thought Glaber Torres, well, and you know, who was a great hitter, but he's not a he's not a shortstop. He he played it for most of his minor league career. They played him at second base. He was really good at second base. They moved him to short because they didn't want to sign Didi Gregorius. And he made a couple plays yesterday that were terrible. You know, a couple ground balls. He's not, he's at best an average shortstop. And they, you know, maybe next year after. But the problem is they've sort of locked themselves into a situation where they have a home, the home run hit leader in Voight at first base. They have LeMahieu, they signed for five or six years. They have Torres at shortstop. If you want to move Torres back to second base, that means Mooney moving LeMahieu to first and probably either DHing or trading Voight. So, I mean. We don't know if Voight's going to keep hitting like that. Let's be honest. No, but, I mean, actually, the funny thing is last year he hit more homers and he walked less. He's usually an on-base monster. Right, but it could be just a product of a COVID year. Like, if he yeah, can't hit 30 homers this year or less, nobody would be shocked. It, it could be. But, anyway, let's let's start the show. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, April the 2nd, 2021. I'm Russ Cohen, and there's just nothing like a whining Yankee fan. Who, who was that? Oh, that was the oh, – oh, yeah, because I wasn't whining. I'm just uh, – for all those championships, they still find something to whine about. It's amazing. Well, they haven't won one since 2009. So oh. for, for the franchise that is destined to win every year, uh, I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com, 1986. Um, okay, let's <laughs> – At least they've been to the World Series more recently than the Yankees. Yes, yes, and you lost to the Royals. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Um, the, uh, news that broke about an hour ago is a, is of great concern. Um, right now the, um, at first Adam Gaudet was the only player on the, um, on the Vancouver Canucks that had tested positive or at least was in protocol. We can't, we have to be careful saying tested positive cause we don't know. Right, you don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Um, so, uh, then, Apparently, somebody from the coaching staff and another player, which reportedly was Travis Hamanick, which is ironic because Travis Hamanick opted out last year right. in the bubble because of family concerns about COVID. And now he gets COVID. <clears throat> now, the report from Darren Drager in the last hour said that it's multiple players. So, Russ, this is on par, and this is the first time with in Canada, but this is on par with what happened with Dallas at the beginning of the year, what happened with the Sabres and the Devils after the, they played each other. Um, 
the NHL or the Canadian government may shut them down for, uh, you know, a couple weeks like they did the Sabres. And if that's the case, then I think at least in the North division, the ability of that team to play 56 games is in question. Well, right now, I, I read about it last night because I follow an epidemiologist. They are having trouble with the new variant in British Columbia. That yes. is a fact. And so this could lead to more problems with the North Division. And, you know, for those that felt like it was invincible for a while and kind of were talking about it. Right. Listen, COVID gets the last laugh on everything because we, well, we you can only take so many precautions. It's A lot of it is luck, too. Well, I mean, this is – this is proof that the vaccine is working because if you know what's going on right now, I mean, I, 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 and I'm not hundred percent sure on the amount, the percentage, but I know that it's like 25% of the, of the United States has been vaccinated or something like that. It's a, it's, it, it's in the low twenties, right? Been fully vaccinated two shots uh, in Canada. It's significantly less. You keep, I keep reading stories about, you know, they're getting the AstraZeneca vaccine and, you know, they're getting other vaccines, but they don't have them yet. They're, no. they're about two months behind the United States in terms of the amount of do the dosage. And they're 10 times smaller in terms of population. They're about, I think 35 or 36 million and the U S is 330 million. So, um, and I've seen the reports, the daily reports, Ontario, it was like 1,500 cases, 1,300 cases. Now it's over 2,000 cases. So the fact that they're not getting the vaccines. and giving this thing a chance to live this, on. Exactly. So, you know, the, the variant may be out there in the U.S., but because a lot of people are vaccinated, it's not spreading as rapid. Now, it is going, the, the rates are going up here. And I'm not trying to slam Canada. It's just the reality that they're not, they don't have the vaccines right now. Um, but... Uh, you know, this is a, this is a situation where the North Division, and remember, if if say for example Vancouver sits out two weeks, that's probably seven or eight games at least. I'd have to look at Vancouver. Yeah. Just to give you an example, so there was a um, an order listed yesterday, a travel order um, urging British Columbians not to travel this long weekend. Yeah. So and, it's getting a little yeah. tense there again. And this is this is an, this is Easter weekend. Right. You remember how this thing got spread in China? It was Chinese New Year, and everybody yeah. from Wuhan traveled all well, over. Now it could be Texas Rangers opening day, but whatever. Oh, but yeah, but okay. So, say for example, I think they said that the right, like at this point, the schedule had been stopped until the eighth. Say they do it until the fourteenth. That's seven games. Now they've already scratched one, so that's eight games. Right. Now Vancouver is not in a playoff spot right now. But the thing is, is that they're playing different teams when they play those eight games. So all those other teams, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, um, they're not going to play 56. So what's going to end up happening is if Vancouver loses games this late, and they're not going to start like they're not going to extend the regular season another week, you know. The, right now, the I think it's May 11th is the last is the last uh, uh, scheduled day, the last day, day of the regular season. So if that's the case, and that's when Edmonton and Montreal are going to play play uh, on that on that day, if they're not going to extend the regular season to get everybody at 56 games, they may say it's going to be points percentage in in the North Division, and that might be the reality of what's going on. 
Yeah, I mean, as they say, them's the breaks. I mean, this is, you know, we saw in college hockey, Michigan just had their tournament canceled. Notre Dame had their tournament canceled. Yeah. Uh, essentially, if, if this happens to Vancouver and they're, I don't know, four points out or two points out, that's yeah. essentially what's going to happen to them. But it's a shame and it's it stinks for fans. But the players know, like the players know that any of these things can happen. They know about all these scenarios. Yeah, and as Maria asks a good, good, good question, how does it work with trading with a team that is in COVID protocol like Vancouver? Well, they had that blanket order, but it doesn't mean it won't get lifted if things get bad. So honestly, no. I can see it hurting trades in a week because if it continues to surge in British Columbia, they may change that order for British Columbia only. I don't think they'll lift it, Russ. I think that what they'll do is they'll do it on an individual basis. If the player, if the player, I mean, obviously any player that's traded is going to be tested right away. Right. So they're going to be, you know, they'll probably be tested every day. That's um, maybe, it's going to be something different, but yeah. if you're a team, it certainly comes into play now. Do I want to risk it? Because again, and you can't hang this on a general manager, there is going to be some bad luck like that where some player maybe gets caught up in quarantining longer than he should or whatever at the deadline and either never plays for his team or plays only a couple games because they don't make the playoffs. Like it's probably going to happen. And so I can see it happening. Now, last night, uh, we'll talk about some of the games last night, but the, I'll start with this one because I couldn't believe the the headline. Vegas played with 16 skaters. Yeah. Um, now one was because of injury. I think it was Zach Whitecloud. The other one was a player who was, uh, they were, they tried to call somebody up on emergency recall, but the player did, couldn't get there in time. So they played 10, 10 forwards and six defensemen and they got a point out of it. They lost three, two to Minnesota, but I mean, that's not supposed to happen. And the, at the 11th hour, I mean, that's what the whole taxi squad situation is for. And still they didn't have enough bodies to put in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, this is. Again, they have a team close. Well, no, they don't, right? No, their team is close by. Actually, I was thinking of Seattle as well. Uh, it's, uh, Re is it Reno? Or Reno. I mean, that's only like two hours, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's only a couple hour drive. I don't, I don't understand why they were caught that short, but fact is they were. And again, these are, these are times when these things are going to happen to teams and it could cost the team a playoff spot somewhere or a seeding. And it's just, there's nothing you can do about it. We're joined by our roving reporter, Anthony McDonough here. <laughs> Literally in this case. <laughs> yes. Um, now, Anthony, I was just talking, talking to Russ about the Minnesota-Vancouver game last night and the fact that uh, – sorry, Minnesota-Vegas game mm -hmm. that uh, the, the Golden Knights had to play with 16 skaters. Yeah. Which is – I mean, this this is not this is not an optimum situation. Yeah, Henderson is where the uh, silver – Henderson, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's not that far. Yeah. It's only – I think two hours or less. Yeah. So they, I mean, they obviously couldn't get enough bodies there. And remember a few years ago, the cap prevented a team from being it. Now they're, they're cap strapped, but, but I, I don't know if it was just cap or if it was also, there were, there were players that were, the cap shouldn't be a factor here because the emergency recall allows for players right. $700,000 to be called up. And plus they had the taxi squad. So I don't know a full explanation of why. Well, we have to remember Vegas does have a smaller uh, farm system than most. And maybe yeah, they I don't do. have a $700,000 player available. Right. And that again, and again, this is all based off of cap ramifications to begin with, right? That's really what's kind of tangled them up in this circumstance. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's about a suboptimal situation as you can think of short of what's happening in Vancouver, obviously. Yeah. Well, yes. And we, we, we discussed that and the thing, like, we basically um, said that, I mean, this could completely derail the North division because you know, unless they're going to extend the regular season to say May 18th, which I don't think they want to do. They, mm-hmm. they, they still want to maintain the schedule that gets the playoffs done before the Olympics because of their broadcast partner, NBC. Now thing is if they're not re-signing with NBC, they could tell NBC to go spit, but more than, more than likely they're not going to do that because, you know, they don't want to offend their broadcast partner, but you know, what are they going to do? Put the game on USA Network? While the oh, they can't even do that because the games because the Olympics will be on USA Network. They, right. Yeah. So I mean, unless the unless ESPN Plus or ESPN is willing to take on the Stanley Cup final a year early, which I don't think is going to be the case. Um, yeah, they're they're stuck, and they you know so they're going to have to get the playoffs started. Uh, I think it's May thirteenth. I think that's the day that the playoffs are going to start. So the yeah, percentage pretty- is definitely going to come into play here. I agree, Mike. It's yeah. I mean, it's, they, just, they, it's they, unavoidable. They, it's just the timing of this is. But we always knew there was this risk of this this season. We all knew that. Yeah. But the timing of this, they thought they were going to be able to get through. And but again, this is, emphasizes the reason as to why you set this thing up as a four regional league basically four different regional leagues to, to isolate this thing as much as you can in terms of the ramifications overall, but it's definitely not great. No question. Now going over some of the games last night, the Penguins beat the Bruins four to one. And I saw a little bit of this game, Russ, and I think there has to be a little bit of a concern with the Bruins right now, because I mean, everybody knows that that is basically for, been for the last four or five years, a one line team. Right. Um, they've been able to succeed because that one line is the best line in hockey, arguably, with Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. But if you were able to at least limit them, as you know, Pittsburgh did last night, uh, Marchand scored the only goal for for Boston. But if you're able to limit them, you can win the game, and not not easily, but you can mm-hmm. win the game. But the the, the thing is, is that they, they okay? Krejci is older. They're not getting a lot of offense from the second line or their depth forwards. You know, like Nick Ritchie was having a pretty decent year. Um, the trades that they made last year to bring in Kasha, he's been hurt all year. They're not getting the offense out of Jake DeBrus. Kasha, I don't think, is playing this year. Right. I mean, I right. I mean, that, yeah. that, right. And that's the thing. It's like they were, I think they were depending on him for, you know, 10, 12 goals in this you know, in this uh, shortened season. And he's not there at all. Uh, DeBrusque is having a bad year. Um, you know, Charlie Coyle is not is not having a good year, so they're not getting that secondary offense that they normally do. And they have Ascension up now. How many games now, Russ? Now, how many games Ascension up? Uh, that's a good question. Tan- I don't oh, know. No, sorry, sorry. I stand corrected. Chris Tanner told everybody last night when he was yelling at when he was yelling at him. He, well, he, was, yelling, he was yelling at Carson Kuhlman, apparently. I thought he was. I thought he was talking Ascension, but yeah, no. I mean, I, no, I saw. Kuhlman. I saw something that said it was Kuhlman, but you know, okay. I think we have to remember this, Mike. Yeah. For one thing, Rask hasn't been playing in these games. It's been Halak, and this one was Vladar, so we have to remember that. The The Bruins are acting very cool about it, like, hey, we've, we've got faith in these guys. And I think they will to some degree, and they will make some moves because they always make moves. Right. Um, I'm not overly concerned. If they start losing when Rask is back, 
then I'll be overly concerned. And 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 hidden, you know, like Mark in the chat is bringing it up, hidden in the in the fact that their second line isn't scoring and their depth isn't scoring. Basically, their top pairing, or or one half of their top pairing, it was is gone. You know, okay, they lost Krug in mm-hmm. the agency. They let Chara walk. I like some of the young blue liners they have. I think McAvoy is a great is a great defenseman, but those were losses. And oh, yeah. so I mean, there were always going to be losses. Like we talked about it, we knew it wasn't just going to be. It was always the threat. Honestly, it's, it's it's kind of like to me, Balsam is kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too. They thought yeah. they were going to re. They 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 were, you know, banking on the fact that the young that the young players are ready, and it's not. In some ways, it's not unlike Philadelphia in some ways, in that mm-hmm. they were banking on their younger players to make a substantial step forward this season, and it may have been a bit too much to expect. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I do. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of that. I think, look, I I think look, they had ten goals out of Richie. So I mean, Richie's done more than his part, and he might end up with 15, 17 goals. I'm not overly concerned about him, but again, if so, for some reason Rask stays out for a long period of time, then I'm concerned because I think Halak is not the same goalie he was a couple of years ago, and Vladar is you know a young goalie. He's just getting used to this. He's league. a wild card. He maybe you know maybe he gets on a good tear behind them, and it, we, right. But again, it's it, it, it's tossing it up to the wind and hoping it and hoping he's ready. Yeah, and that's the only hope for the Rangers or for the Flyers is that Boston continues to wallow. The only thing really that's keeping really Philly and New York in it. Right, it is the only thing. that's. If they were playing normal hockey, they'd be out of it. Now, uh, the Rangers uh, blew a 2-1 lead with three seconds left to go in regulation uh, against the Sabres, um, but then won the game. Um, Who was the overtime winner? Oh, it was Abinijad. Abinijad, yeah. Yeah, So, So, I mean – you know the the Rangers have stayed relatively hot here in in that East Division, and they're putting pressure. Uh, well, they've got thirty eight. So does Philadelphia. Boston has forty one. Boston has three games in hand on the Flyers. Uh, or sorry, three games in hand on the Rangers. Two games in hand on the Flyers. I mean, I'll tell you what the difference is. You know, with the Rangers, uh, Zabinijad's a big one. Obviously, that now that he's scoring, uh, that's a big deal. You know, Fox certainly is on a nine point game. Nine game point streak. If he gets 10, then he joins guys like Leach and Brad Park. And that's probably the worst place to be because then everybody starts doing the comparing again. Mm. But he's having a great year, and that's that's a part of it. Truba's playing a lot better now. Truba, where he maybe started the year off not fantastic, has has really turned it up. Uh Lafreniere is getting some points now, and he's actually getting shots on net now unaccosted. Like he's starting to find his space on the ice. So you can see. He may not get, you know, what you think he's supposed to get this year, but he's starting to get confidence. Uh, Kako is actually starting to open things up a little bit with his skating, which he couldn't do at all last year. And so he had a couple of good rushes in that game. He's not scoring like you would hope he would yet, but he's still only 20. And I think he's showing signs. So a lot of those, a lot of those kinds of guys are helping. And, uh, you know, again, Colin Blackwell, he has just been, um, unbelievable. He had two posts in this game too, um, but there was one play where he hit the post, right? The puck gets loose. Panarin gets it and Panarin's like, no, no, no. You're going to score the goal here. You deserve it. Gets it to him. Perfect take pass. It goes in. I mean, I have to tell you, and I'm not exaggerating, Panarin's a top five player in this league right now. Like, it's just, he is so hard to stop on the ice when he heats up. It's unbelievable. No, uh, the, the phrase they often use with, with Panarin is that he's got a cloaking device. 
Yeah. It's like you, you, it, it, you, he strikes you at the time when you least. He can be invisible for periods at a time. He'll, exactly. He'll go for a while and then all of a sudden out of nowhere. Oh, there he is. And, oh, that's it. It's in the net. And it may right. not, it's on him. He's just, he has that perfect pass. He knows never, he's got I a knack. Knew. He's an amazing knack for just hitting, getting the right pass at the right time. I never knew there there were any Romulans in the NHL. Um, Davy Jones makes a point. He said, "I think Klingons, though." I think <laughs> Davy said that he feels like Zabanajai was suffering from COVID. I mean, look, he never talked about it. The team never talked about it. There was alleged lost weight. We saw that he wasn't exactly the same. Off season, off season. If we once we get to the off season, you might hear a little. Then we'll know. Yeah, but not while they're still playing. They don't miss Tony D'Angelo. Anybody who's saying anything about D'Angelo in the chat room, not only do they not care about trading him, they don't care about him, period. And it's not like they're missing him. I know he had a lot of points, but they're not missing the other part of his game where, you know, he would turn the puck over too. So that really hasn't affected him as much as it could have this year. Now, um, Russ, somebody brought up in the chat the Brendan Lemieux trade and the report from uh, the report from Larry Brooks that Lemieux had requested a trade. Uh, hey, I um, now, I don't know whether that's tied to Quinn or whether that's just tried tied to his opportunity in New York to get more ice time. Or you know, what, what, do, you, what do you think? I think that's X Radio talking to him. I think um, it's no tied to Sorry, Quinn. I'm having trouble with the connection. Please. Oh my God, Sherry, shut up! Uh, I think it's tied to Quinn in the sense that. Quinn didn't like his stupidness on the ice. There's just no other word for it, and that's not really a word, but I made it up. But his stupid play on the ice, his penalties in the offensive zone, his I'm going to start up with you now three seconds before the second period ends for no reason like in a tie game, those kinds of things. And like I said, the last game, he started taking like three or four shots against Philly, like these one-timers, and I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, so I think they just got tired of him, and they probably said something to him. And he's got a short fuse, and so he was probably like, "Well, then get me out of here." And they were like, "Fine." Yeah, and he did before. The word is, though, I thought Brooks had reported that even before the Flyers game, he had requested a trade. Oh, I'm sure. He had, and made, I think, he had made a trade request. I'm sure he did. But I'm saying is, I had noticed in those games after that that it looked like he had that "I don't give a crap" attitude on the ice. Right. And I think that's why the Rangers pushed it along because they were like, "Look." We don't need this player down the stretch. It's not good for our young players, and, and, and they were right. With Black, again, with Blackwell playing the way he's playing, he was eased. Then, then Lemieux became easily replaceable. Yes, no question about it. He totally took his spot. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shoot this down because Mark in the chat. I keep hearing Eichel to the Rangers. One, Eichel may not play the rest of the season. There, everything has right. been shrouded in secrecy with when it comes to that. Second of all. I really seriously doubt that the Sabres are going to trade Eichel unless Eichel comes out and says, I want to be traded. Because the situation is – You have to be careful, Mike. But at the yeah. same time, he may also realize that and say, hey, if he does want to get out, that they keep that quiet so they can maximize what they can get for him. If he, that is the possible. Minute opens, the minute he opens his mouth, it's – you know, it, it, he, number one, he'll, it, it'll end up limiting his op potential places of where he may be able to go. And it's possible what the Sabres might be able to get back in return. I want to yeah, one other thing. One no. other thing from that Ranger game that has been something that's going on in the league, and it's a positive if you have a team that can do it. Um, the league is allowing guys to hang out in the crease now, and if the puck even has a modicum of chance that it's loose and they don't know where it is, most of the time they're not whistling it, 
So now bigger guys in the crease, like Julian Gauthier yesterday, was able to dish out, dig out a puck that was clearly obscured by a goalie. They didn't whistle it. He gets it out to Hedo, who's another big guy that's hard to hold back in the crease. He gets a, a you know a key goal. That is something where I've noticed a lot of teams now are taking advantage of in the league because all of a sudden the league is allowing this to happen. The return, it's the return of old-fashioned power forwards. It is almost, yeah. Uh, they get, they get, a, they get a. If they again, it comes. I'm in. Uh, I'm gonna one second. Sorry. Act, go ahead. Hey, um, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Oh. No, uh, can you hear me? No, oh, the, um, froze, sorry, sorry, froze, froze, sorry. No, you froze up there Lost for me? a second, but go ahead, go ahead. All right, I'll be back. I'm gonna find a better spot. Okay. Wow. All right. But anyhow, Anthony's right in the sense that it's they're letting power forwards be more power forwardy. But you have to remember, in the last couple of years, they've been blowing a lot of pucks dead when they lose sight of it. Well, that's, that's, that, that, that is my, that's my point, Russ. That yeah. if you if it all comes down to how the refs are going to call it, if the refs aren't going to make that whistle, then those big bodies can get in there and yeah. do what they used to do years ago. Well, right. I, really and that's a good, and that's really, a good point. That's what yeah. that's what's happening. I didn't. I did notice one thing in the in the Leafs Jets game, Russ. That that, that the the Zach Hyman goal I thought was going to get waved off because he was pushed by a defenseman in the crease, and he, I thought he had made contact with Hellebuck. And once the puck had hit the post from the Matthew shot, it came out, and he was in the crease, and he was standing where the goalie was standing, and he buried it. And I thought it was plausible that he'd be called call for goalie interference, and they called it a goal. I was I was a little surprised, but maybe they're loosening up on that. Yeah, and a couple two other notice things about the Sabers in that game. Um, Middlestat really is getting his confidence. He made a terrific cross ice pass to set up a goal in that game, and he's been coming on. So I'm really happy to see what he's playing. Number one center minutes. I know, but it's there's no pressure right now on Casey Middlestat. There's no like Ralph Kruger expecting a lot. Granado's very easy going here. There's probably he's letting these guys do a lot of what they normally would do in games, and it's working. Even Skinner looks a lot better. The one guy, and, and Chris Liz has sent me an email about this. He said, if you're Lou, do you go for Palmieri or Hall? I am going for Palmieri over Hall. If Taylor Hall is just playing out the string in Buffalo, I don't want him on my team. Well, I can't lose for you. I don't want him anywhere near it because how do I know he's giving his best effort when I get him in wherever team he's going to? If he's going again, if you think, but again, if he, this is his next contract now, Russ. Right. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not doing it if I'm a GM. I think it would be hard pressing at a good at a, at a very reasonable cost. The team the, not taking that. It won't be reasonable. That's the thing. It won't the, be that the interesting thing that came out yesterday was uh, Mike Harrington on Mike uh, Harrington's point. Right. Go ahead. Now, it was okay. You know, if you're waiting for a team to pony up a first round pick, he thinks that's an exercise in futility because of the way. Not for, not for pending UFA. No but, way. But, but uh, honestly, I think it's a, no, it's a no lose for the Sabres to wait, to hope to get more. That's You'll true. Because if you were to get hot, right. you would this get more. the conversation we had yesterday in terms of it, it behooves Adams to wait and maximize this thing as much as he can before right. the deadline. At least you don't want to get it too late, and when you're when then, and then you're in scramble mode. So if you get something that's pretty decent, you got to yeah. jump on it. And you got to yeah. worry about next year. Let's let's get out of the trading deadline for a minute. If yeah. you're a team that was thinking about high signing Taylor Hall in the offseason, yeah. you you were probably rethinking that as well. 
Russ, I think he's locked him in, locked himself into another one-year contract. I, I think, think so too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everybody's saying, okay, he's signing a one-year deal with Buffalo to play with Eichel to put up big numbers. He's got two goals, and he played all year. With points. That's it. Yeah, I mean, put he's put up decent a decent amount of points for the lack of offense that they they've had, but he's got two goals. So I'm Buffalo. The minute I get in the minute, if there's if anybody utters the word, if the word on the other side of the telephone line utters the word the second, and you're a second come out, you immediately say done. I mean, I don't know. I think the interesting thing: if a second round pick is offered or anything else, I would. If I'm if I'm Adams, I take it. Well, this is the thing, Anthony. If they're retaining, okay. First of all, I get. I agree. If it's they're 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 retaining. Okay. Yeah, if they're retaining four million dollars, which they—that's right. probably what they're going to have to do to make it tradable. Right now, you get a fifth-round pick for a million, million one, million four, mm-hmm. something like that. If you retain four, you're at least getting a third-round pick. So if you're saying it's a second and a third, I'm saying I want a low one. And if not, if not, yes. you know, I mean, you can you can make it, it be tough. It may be tough. Yeah, it, it, it may be, but if you're a team that feels like they could win a cup, you probably give them the 27th, 28th overall. You probably would. Um, but, but here's the other thing I, you know, if you look it up, Taylor Hall, since leaving New Jersey has had two subpar seasons now. And oh, so he's absolutely, he, no, he has ridden. We all know that he has ridden the coattails which, of, of his performance from several years back. However, which is, that goodwill has, is, 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 is running perilously dry, close to dry. Which, which, which is why it's imperative, Anthony, that he gets traded someplace where he thinks he can have success and he plays with a fire underneath his ass like Alex Galchenyuk is playing in Toronto. You could tell that guy is playing for his NHL career right now by the way he's hustling and playing. And Hall needs to do that. Otherwise, he's going to end up taking a one-year deal next year to prove himself at age 30. That's you know that that's not where that's not where he was supposed to be after winning the Hart Trophy a couple. No, but you know if you look at his shooting percentage, um, when he won the MVP, it was fourteen, then it was nine point seven, then it was six point nine, then it's five point five, then he had a little bit of a rise in Arizona with eight point one, and now it's two point three. Shooting percentage doesn't lie. It does lie when you have a guy like William Carlson that had like a twenty two for one year, but right. it doesn't lie when it's in decline when it shows a player in decline who's still taking shots. It's not like Taylor Hall doesn't take any shots. So there is a worry here now that, hey, he's still a good player. Don't get me wrong. He still could skate. There's things Taylor Hall can do. But if I'm picking him up, paying him $8 million a year, I can't do it anymore because I don't know if he can get 60 points in this league anymore. Well, I, I don't think – first of all, I don't think he's going to get $8 million next year. Because no, I don't think so either. I think I think he's going to have to take, like a like I said, one year, $5 million, yeah, well, sort of like a almost like the the deal that Mike Hoffman took in. Bingo! Singapore. Thank you. That's basically the at this point now. That's that, that's almost the path that he's on now. His hop yep. is exactly just the word right out of my mouth. He's on a Hoffman track right now. Right, which ain't great. No, it's not great. great. And and Hoff Hoffman, I don't know who Hoffman's track is on right now. After him, basically, Hoffman's on a Hoffman track. Yeah, it's, it's what he has been. <laughs> Next next year next year he makes two million on a one year deal because he took he got not, again Hoffman's an interesting I've always been somewhat intrigued with Hoffman but I've often felt he's he, he's got a few maybe he's a two he's a two tool player yeah and here's both the big thing offensive both of those he's tools a, are in the offensive zone he's a one zone player Anthony. one zone player two tools one zone exactly I, I gotta tell you I'm treating Taylor Hall in the offseason like I would treat Alexander Semin when he was coming off his big years. Oh. Exactly. 
don't know if you're going to get quite to that point, but. But he made like a one-year, four million dollar deal, like when he was coming off, and they yeah, teams won more than that, But, but the funny, the funny thing, I know, he will be on notice. He will. The funny thing is, he will be on notice. The funny thing is, is that with Semin, it was pure motivation. They would, they didn't trust him to give him any more than a one-year deal because right. they wanted to keep him motivated to earn his to earn his cake, because because he was lazy a lot of the time. And it, but and then when they gave, oh, I saw moments where Taylor Hall was lazy this year. Yeah. And then when Carolina him out. Right. And then when Carolina gave him the long-term deal, they immediately regretted it because he he, he got lazy again. So um, all right, let's talk about let's talk about this. Goaltending question marks, I think, have come up in the last week here, uh, specifically with four teams. Um, I'll start with Colorado. They made the trade for Jonas Johansson. And Jonas Johansson, I could not believe. Hey Jan, I could what not was? believe the uh, the the uh, the chatter that was coming out of Buffalo for some from some good reporters. Now they were the ones who were in and certain uh, who you know were at, had access to practice, and I, I don't have as much access to. They basically said Jonas Johansson was the worst practice goalie in the history that they 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 have seen. That he couldn't stop a beach ball in in practice, and and, and in some games he was pretty bad too. Colorado gave up a, a low draft pick to get him. They played him one game. He he played badly, and now like right now they have Hunter Miska backing up Grubauer, and there's a lot of talk about them looking for a backup. They'll still get somebody, but Grubauer is still having a great year, so I'm not overly concerned. I know. Hey guys, real quick. Grubauer real is having a best Real quick. Sorry, guys. About you. I'm at the, um, at the uh, airport here in Sarasota. Go ahead. Go ahead. delayed a little bit, so I thought I would come out and give you this rumor okay, go real ahead. fast here. Um, so, um, yeah, the big thing I've been chasing right now as the, is, uh, is, the, is a Matt Dumba for Brock Besser rumor. Um, and I don't know, you know, it's, I know it sounds bizarre, but, and I don't, I don't think that's exactly the pieces involved, but oh, apparently okay. these discuss, I mean, there's more pieces involved than just that, but this is the, these, these are the two main pieces involved in this rumor. It's going to have and, to take uh, a while then act because again, with Vancouver's situation right now, yeah, that's going to take a little while to, to gestate then. Well, and okay, oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, okay. This is the thing right now. Vancouver has got two unrestricted, actually three unrestricted free agent defensemen this year, Edler, Ben, and Hamnick. So clearly they're looking for somebody who's got term on their, on his contract to go in there, you know, but the, but also do they really want to add a $6 million defenseman to go along with Tyler Myers, to go along with Nate Schmidt when you haven't paid Quinn Hughes? I don't think so. Right. And, and also you're taking away, you're taking away Besser has had a really good year this year. Besser's had a yeah. great year. He's on pace to exceed his career high in goals. Oh, I know. Even a short I know. season. I'm just. I know. I agree. I, and yet, you know, his name has come up a couple times this year, and I don't know why exactly, but um, well, so we have to be wedged in. We are wedged in a tree. I'm like sitting literally in a tree as I do this. It's really hilarious. Is, is um, your is your computer there? My computer is here, wedged in a tree. Yes, I wedged my computer into the into the branches. At least there's no bears chasing. At least you're not chasing after bears this time. Man. The only place I could find that was like shady <laughs> enough to see. I know. I'm just. Oh man, ridiculous. Anyway, that I, I don't know the details of it. Like I said, it's a Friday though, guys. It's it's Friday before. We only have two Fridays left before trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Last Friday we saw stuff. This Friday we can see stuff as well. Um, so it, it's uh, I'm on a flight for a couple hours coming up in a little bit, but uh, I'm going to continually monitor and you know everything will happen while i'm on the plane for sure but 
Now, if, it does, if, if anything breaks so, off. So in terms of everyone, Mike, Suter comes off the books. Pearson comes off the book. Edler comes yeah, yeah. off the books. One year left of Erickson making him an easier buyout candidate at that yeah. point in time. So they have money. They clearly need blue liners. I'm not sure if Dumba's the way they're going to go, especially if it's going to cost them Besser. I think I think they're spending yeah. their money on their own guys. They, they, I don't they, understand what the deal is with Besser there. There seems to be some. I just think it was just them being afraid that they can't afford him. It's not like they, they don't, don't like him. So of course it's not they don't like him. But you know, I think that yeah, I guess I guess the the price must be really significant well, that he's looking for. Well, the only thing you're getting you're getting one extra year of term out of Dumba, who signed for an extra year at six mil. Besser expires after next year at five point eight seven five. Right. You got to figure he's a seven to eight million dollar player. Even right. with a flat cap right. going down, right. down the road in his next contract, and there's a lot of moves that haven't haven't happened yet. I mean, they've supposedly uh, they're talking contract extension with Tanner Pearson. Right, they are. Well, they, they, have, they have other big big things to do. They have they yeah, they push that money that they're talking about with Pearson into the best. Losing losing to Foley clearly worked out very well for them. Right, and right. they haven't and they haven't traded yeah. traded Vertanen yet, and that's two and a half million off the book that they trade Vertanen. Obviously, they've got two of the most expensive. Uh, be you know, two of the more expensive players, you know, to deal with to deal with in Patterson and Quinn Hughes coming up. So that's gonna be that's yeah. gonna put them in a spot too. They're definitely in a spot there. The other is um more Darcy Kemper talk along with the um Well he we actually has to play a game first. Yeah he still has to need to play a game but Toronto again back back in on Darcy Kemper talks a lot, you know, hearing well, them a Elliot, lot. Elliot Elliot Friedman talked about that this morning uh, on the fan in Toronto, he said that that Dubis has done his due diligence in terms of rental goalies, and that's the problem. Percy yeah. Kemper is not a rental goalie. Right. I'm thinking right. they not a rental goalie. They they, they, they they checked in on Auntie Ranta. They definitely right. checked in on Lena Solmark in Buffalo, and supposedly yeah. David Riddich in Calgary. I I doubt I doubt that they're willing to pay the price that Arizona is looking for for Kemper because he's got another. Yeah. And then another the year to go. Um, yeah. The other guys, Edler, we've mentioned his name a lot too. Um, you he's know, a yeah, he's a rental. But um, with Ekholm being out, it seems like teams that are looking at Ekholm are turning towards Edler. Um, you know, I've, I've heard Boston. Yeah, I mean, that's Edler, a little but, bit of a downgrade, but he's still decent. downgrade. But it's Boston, for example, is one of the teams to look at. Um, Boston, how, Edler. How does this COVID situation complicate? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's surging in British Columbia right now. Yeah, well, you'd, have to, yeah. you'd have to quarantine right. anyway when coming to U.S. Just probably right. extends the quarantine period. Yeah, well, not, not Canada to U.S. It's U.S. I think if you're going to make, well, here's the thing. I think if you are going to make those deals for those players, you're going to make them right away. You got to make them soon. Yeah, you got to make them soon. You yeah, get them out of there. Get them tested. Get them out of there. You know, well, like that's what I would say. Worth keeping an eye on. Again, this makes sense. This weekend is the one that makes sense. If you're yeah. looking at anybody exiting north, the North Division, right, right, and that, to me, to me, that's the other thing. The other, and, and uh, finally, uh, Bobby Ryan and the St. Louis Blues. I heard this morning as a really as a strong possibility that could happen sooner than later. Well, um, I mean, that, that makes a lot more sense than the Taylor Hall rumors because I think yeah. they, I think they've had enough of dysfunctional forwards after signing Hoffman. Yeah. That they want something a little little less risk because Ryan makes only a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that. I believe that the Islanders' first choice is Palmieri, and then after that would be Hall. But I think I think Palmieri is where they're going to go first if they can. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Palmieri is a better, I think, fit-wise, culture-wise for that team as well. He's a natural fit. And, and not yeah, to move up, they haven't been already, especially with Leo. Just pop him on long-term IR, and you freed up. Yeah, that's yeah, so right. so Lou's got. We've said that last month. week that Lou's got a lot of. 
he's got some play here to do something here. It's not out of the question. I was told that Winnipeg go after Tyler Hall. I don't know how the hell that would happen. But um, as far as trade, no. But I was told that I was told that you know Winnipeg, Edmonton again, Edmonton and Taylor Hall is a, a possibility. That's that, another one. That's a bigger possibility. We do we do have a little bit of breaking news. Something that Anthony and I had mentioned about. I guess okay. about a month ago, but Tanner Lasinski is going to make his uh, NHL debut Saturday. Oh, there you go. Was that officially called? Because you know, I, I, Jordan Hall saying it, he's pretty good. So well, he, I, they did I, that. Av did mention the fact that both Patrick and Limblom are back in. I don't yeah. think they were definitive yet on Lasinski. Wouldn't well, surprise me that he's going to be in. That wouldn't surprise me either. When but I saw the quotes in the presser, which I didn't get a chance to get into for. He tweeted it yeah. a little while ago, so. Yeah, we'll yeah. Um, Hall is going to be an interesting guy because I think there's not a whole lot of places for him to go. Um, and well, you know, if the Island, if the Islanders get Palmieri, there's not a whole lot of. I mean, Boston, I heard mentioned, um, but you know, there's there's a couple. It's it's hard to imagine exactly who's going to make a play for him, um, and exactly how it's going to work out. And because Buffalo is asking a lot still. Also, the price for David Savard is really high, like well, crazy okay. high. So Again, once, Na- once Nashville got themselves back in the playoff yeah. race, yeah. David Savard became the bell of the ball. So and as, as a result, Yarmo is leveraging it as much. Yeah, as so can. much so that I think teams like Florida that we were talking about before, certain teams are just not going to be in on it. It's just and, too much. It's just too yeah, high. Florida clearly needs a blue liner with Ekblad lost. They need a blue liner, but and I thought Savard was a natural fit. Obviously, you know Columbus, the connections there and all that stuff. But uh, it sounds like that the price is just. You know, it would be quote unquote easier to get from Mike to go, but, but still some time left, Dak. That's the way I look Yeah, at one it. said to me, right? One person said to me right now it'd be easier to get McDavid, quote unquote, than it would be oh. <laughs> David Savard. And that's of course tongue in cheek, but that's just how crazy that's the price the mark- is right that, now. That, that is purely a market uh, a, a comment on the market at the moment. That's purely like that's that's just a frustrated market comment. You know, what I mean it's just it's just it's just kind of gotten ridiculous. Um Manson is definitely the Flyers main target right now. I guess from what I've heard. I could hear and, that uh, again. He's no. an acquisition because again, he would be well, an act. He's a now yeah. later acquisition for. Yeah, he's got ter- he's got yeah. term like at home, and he won't cost as much as that. Yeah, and, and, and I gotta I, run, guys. I'm so sorry. Okay, just, yeah. I'm sorry. I have to run, but great job, guys. Great job doing the show. Thanks for holding mm-hmm. up the fort. We will see you. I'll be back on Monday, guys, okay. and uh, we'll be writing like crazy all weekend. So talk to you soon. Sounds good. That's good. Well, yeah, so for me, with question with- on Hall is, and Michael, ask you this. Yeah. How much money has he cost himself with his performance the last two years? We were just talking he's been, about- he's been hor- I mean, he's horrific. also at least like, again, well, now yeah, part of that is granted he may need to be in a situation where they're in contention, but God, has he been? I watched a part of the game last night. He yeah. was god awful. He was night. okay. He's he's cost himself term and he's cost himself money. I think he's going to end up signing a one year deal for about five million. Right. Next he's year. cost himself about three million dollars worth of salary. Unless he goes somewhere and he lights it up in the playoffs, then I think he re, he he burnishes his credentials. Then he can say it was the balance of, out. It would be like yeah. seven. I, I don't know if he would get his eight. I don't know if he would get. Eight. No. He won't get eight again. But he might. He might put again a really good playoff performance. Right. He might get term back here. If yes. He wants to go multi-year. He might yeah. end up with like a four-year, three, four-year deal yeah. where he's averaging around six and eight, six. seven mil. He's Are you taking that risk, though. I mean, not I'm so not. Much. as a GM. Oh, no. I'm not, but I'm if, just if saying. If I'm going he, that direction, goes, honestly, I'm signing Mike Hoffman to that contract, and I'm not signing Taylor. But Hall. I'm not signing either one of them. No, no. But if you're gonna go one or the other right now, I'll take Hoffman over Hall. But that's like a tough Jan, there are teams out there that are desperate enough for offense that they'll they'll make that three or four year offer. If you're a crap team, 
Right. And given what you've seen the last two teams he's been on, that's a big risk. Why? Why, why do you? Why, why do you think that I? I advocate because again, going just talking Leafs here for a second. I advocate the Leafs trade go, shopping Nealander this summer. He's having a good year. He's under control. He's making money money wise less than his cap hit, and there's not there's a dearth of offense out there. This is not a big free agent year for off for scores. So I mean, if and if they have to sign guys like Zach Hyman and Morgan Riley going down the down the road the next year or two, they have to open up the cap space. And the only way they can do that is by trading guys like Kerfoot and trading guys like Nealander. So it's going to be giveaway one at one side and get, and get in the other. So um, if, if I'm targeting one guy, give me Kyle Palmieri over either one of these guys right now. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, Palmieri, you know you're going to get an honest that. effort every game. He's a leader on and off the ice. To me, he's more of a fit with a lot more teams than those than Hall. Probably more Hall than Hoffman. I think Hoffman, though, I think has reburnished his reputation a bit in St. Louis. You haven't heard any issues. No, that he's I mean, had he's there. scoring some goals. Hall's he, not scoring anything. He got he got healthy scratch last week, Jan. He was he scored one goal in ten games, and they healthy scratched him. Yep. So I mean, that maybe he's not causing any problems in the locker room, but he's not scoring on the ice, and that's a that's that's what I mean, he has eight goals. I mean, eight's not great for him, but it's it's still not like one goal or two goals or no goals in fourteen games like Taylor Hall or lazy games from Taylor. Yeah, Hall yesterday he was night. invisible, in my opinion. Yesterday, yeah. completely invisible. Now, um, okay, going back to the goaltending situations, we talked, about, we talked talked about Colorado. There's been rumors about Ryan Miller. There's been rumors about Devin Dubnik. Um, those would make sense as a, as a 1B or as a number two behind Grubauer simply because Grubauer got hurt last year, and you don't want – I think – I think Colorado has legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations, and if God forbid if Grubauer gets hurt, you have to have a backup who can win you games and buy you time. They'll um, get one at the very last minute, but yeah, get no, I think I think I don't think Ryan Miller does it because Ryan Miller. No, he won't be there. But uh, but but Dubnik or or somebody, somebody like, like that will go at the last minute for like a third round pick. Bernier, Bernier is another possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, Washington last night they lost eight to four to the Islanders and. TJ Oshie sideswiped Samsonov, uh, and he I think he came out and he didn't return. He did not. It looked it looked like a like sort of like a whiplash concussion type of situation. Now they've had questions this year as as it was with you know they had Vanacek playing a bunch of games. Now Samsonov came back and he he's played fairly well. But if he's out long term, then those questions come right back again, Russ. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna rush to anything. They'll mm-hmm. put Vanacek in there. They they've They've got some other guys that they can plug in there for a game while Vanacek plays the most of them. I don't think they're going to rush at this. I don't I think, think so either. They're, no. they're pretty locked into a one-two-or-three. They're locked into a one-two-or-three seed in that division anyway. I mean, the three right. teams are tied with fifty points. The next closest is Boston. Sorry, Boston having nine points. I don't think Boston's catching them, so they can slow play this a little bit unless they really think Samsonov is out long term. But if not, Vanacek played well enough that you can ride him for a while. You'll supplement yeah. him periodically if need be. Uh, and then hopefully you get Samson off back down the stretch run. Yeah, the the whole the whole point is is that I mean they have aspira- they they have Stanley Cup aspirations as they should, and I don't know if you're going to tie that to Vitek Vanacek. So I mean, no, but you know, again, I think what you're you always put right late this season, you're putting too much emphasis on the cup contending teams and having that other goalie in case your goalie gets hurt. Like that's always the case. But if you look at history, most teams don't bone up last minute on to spend a lot on assets 
to get insurance. They usually don't. They usually get whatever they can get semi-cheap, and then that's their insurance, and that's all they care to have because they, they don't think about when their guy is going to be out. Well, it all, it, all do, it all depends on what teams are willing to pay and what assets they're willing right. to 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 uh, expend to get that insurance and goal. I mean, Pittsburgh – I think, think Colorado is going to do it because look what – look, I'm a firm believer, and I'll keep repeating it. Grubauer is healthy last year. In my opinion, they're going to the cup final. No question. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so – so they're a team where they can't go in shorthanded. They need to be right. aggressive and get guys just to be safe in case, God forbid, something does happen. And they do have tons of assets, so I do think they'll do it, but I don't think all these teams will do it. Now, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh I'd sort of put in the Washington category, Anthony, because Jari is out, but it's, I don't. it's not supposed to be season-ending, and they've been playing no. – Smith, but they do need somebody who can give Smith a uh, Smith some rest because they're going to have to go because then, yeah, then you're looking at Emil Larmy, and I'm right. not going to go there just yet. No, not uh, yet. Yeah, he still needs a little bit more time to develop. So no, it's they, they may be another team that's in there that's in that market. I could see them in the market for a Bernier. Now, right? Yeah. Now, now, if, if Detroit if Detroit retains fifty percent of the three million right. bucks, story. Now, the other the other one, of course, is Toronto. Uh, the The news yesterday was that Freddie Anderson is quote progressing well, but said that they're they're going to review his status next week. Uh, Elliot Friedman came out this morning and said that you know Anderson might have pushed it earlier in the year because Campbell got hurt and he wants to come back because it's his contract year and he pushed it too early. He pushed it too early. And uh, in that situation, he hurt the, the Leafs because he was not playing well. And now I, I think we're afraid of him coming back too early again because it's his contract year. And, you know, it being apt after April 3rd, after April 12th, and then they're stuck. And with 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 a Jack Campbell who can't play every game because of a lingering uh, uh, lower body injury, and if Anderson is is not a hundred percent, then you've shot your Stanley Cup uh, chances with, and, and they rely they might rely on Michael Hutchinson, which means they're over with. I, that is possible. Before that, though, I want to mention with Pittsburgh, uh, Joel Blunquist, one of the goalies that they you know they drafted last year. Is 19. He's not 18 like Kelly Klang. He's on loan. And so when that season ends in Hemis, or Hermes rather, they could bring him over, start playing him in the AHL. And if he looks like, you know, he could he could handle it, they might throw him in there, Mike, because he's playing against men anyhow. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's 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 a it's, it's an option that Hextel would look at because he doesn't have to spend assets or money against the cap other than an ELC. True, but the thing is, if you can expect the general manager who got fired because he didn't want to promote Carter Hart to to do to bring in a 19 well, – This would be an emergency situation. I don't think anybody – Here's the thing. Don't expect Hexto to do what he did in Philly in Pittsburgh. He no. has learned from that. No, but I think what I think if he can if he can find a goaltender out there that he can get relatively cheap – Instead of promoting a 19-year-old kid who hasn't played in the NHL or the AHL, I think he's gonna. You know, the question is who's gonna be relatively cheap. You know, you might it might be it might be James Reimer, it might be T Peter Morazic because Carolina wants to get rid of him. But I mean, well, I'm just saying there's a reason that that they put him on loan and didn't just say go play for the year. They put him on loan so they can bring him back and let him play some AHL games. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. It's a long shot, but I wouldn't rule it out. Well, one thing you have to factor in also is the expansion, right? You have to have bullies you need to be able to protect. For example, 
Rangers need to expose somebody, right? The Rangers might have made Kincaid available. But the problem is you need to have somebody. Yeah, they can't expansion. make him available. You're right. right. You, you have to expose an expansion draft when you got to protect Georgiev. Right. You get exposed, right? So you can't really move him. So that has to be a factor that any team considers before they're willing to move a goalie. And that's why, and that's why Toronto won't trade for a Kemper because they have they're protecting Campbell. They like Campbell, and if Kemper's got a year left in his contract, then they would have to expose. They 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 signed Michael Hutchinson just like the Rangers signed Kincaid for that guy to be the goalie mm-hmm. that they offer up an expansion. They yep. go out and trade for a goalie with term like Quick or Kemper, then. Yeah, you can expose them, but then you've traded assets to get a guy who was just a hole plug for for the only way the Leafs are doing that is if Anderson's out for the year. If he's not out for the year, they're not doing it. Right. And if he's out for the year, then they put him on LTIR and then that opens up right. a number of the different- only way they're doing it. Otherwise, they'll ride Campbell. If Anderson's yeah. out for a long period and Campbell keeps winning, then guess what? Campbell will probably win the starting job. Right, but they might not be able to ride Campbell simply because of the injuries. I mean again, I, I think Let's not count what happened one time this year as it's going to happen again. We don't. It's happened to. Okay, it's happened twice, and he in 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 the last span he's had to sit out practices because he tweaked it again. So it, it's clearly something that they're managing, Russ. Right. They're, they're, I, so what is it? Groin. Groin or knee. It's it's the left okay. left leg. So it's it's something that like he he went down on one. He went down into 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 the butterfly uh, in a game on the weekend against Edmonton, and he and he sort of winced getting back up, and that it, that's how he's hurt it twice. So it's something clearly that he's dealing with on an ongoing basis. It happened with the Rangers yesterday. If you watch the game, so Starkin also looked oh, like yeah, he aggravated yeah. something. He went down, took a while to get back up, and then a couple minutes later, got taken out by Fogarty. And you saw him kind of flexing on the ice a little bit. Granted, he said it was nothing major, but he's had groin and leg issues the last couple, the last year also. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think the Leafs are going to do anything yet unless Anderson's out for the year. Well, we have ten days left to the deadline, so they kind of slow, right, slow played for about another week or so, right, and then start to get more aggressive. And, and and it's going to be interesting to see whether you know when the trades start because really, I mean, okay, I, I don't consider the Eric Stahl deal. I mean, Buffalo's in a in their own individual particular situation that they're dumping now and they're dumping the guys that they can dump. And honestly, here's one factor. They can only retain salary on one more player. They only, they already retained on stall. So more than likely they're, they're, they're holding oh. back to, to retain on hall yep. and guys like Brandon Montour who are UFAs, uh, Tobias Reader's a seven hundred thousand dollar contract. Uh, Allmark is making two in in the twos. Um, they're not going to be able to retain on those guys, so that that may lower the return that they can get for a guy like Montour or a guy. Like- he's asking a good question here in the chat room, like who's the favorite for the cup if healthy? I still think it's the Avalanche. I do. I still think it's Tampa Bay. I. I look. I think you can't discount what the Islanders have done. Also, system wise, look. Lightning, I think, is viewed as a prism as a favorite, especially if they get Kucherov back, right? I think all of us have that in the back of our head. He'll be back in the playoffs, right? But kind of hard to to rule out what what the Islanders have done, and given the cohesiveness of that team, they're they're a good bet, especially if they had a Palmieri or somebody of that ilk to make a really strong run in the in the playoffs. No, they're a good bet. Look, I think Montreal is a good bet, but I'm just saying I don't think either. I I think think the Avs are the favorite in my opinion right now. The Islanders, I don't think, are my favorite. Yeah. 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 Yes, they are. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean the only the, the only thing that makes me hesitate with the abs again is the goaltending. If if Grubauer is the is the I mean, guy, saying if Grubauer gets hurt last year, he's healthy. Last year, but it doesn't matter, Mike. That's last year. And if he's healthy, they still make the run. In my opinion, they win. In my opinion, if he's between the pipes, right? Sorry, it's like you know. Uh, you can't say it every year. If well, he gets hurt, he, Mike's got whiplash from Frederick Anderson in the playoffs. You got to remember that. He does. Mike has got like the uh, the goalie injury Tourette's. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, for, for the departed Eklund, for the departed Anthony Mangione, for Jan Levine and Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.